welcome to the That's a Good Point podcast. On our podcast, we are going to rank a list of items for you while making good points. Maybe you can call them great points. Good, maybe. We'll see we, how they come Yeah, I think they're going to be great today. We're going to use a method that we like to call the matrix, or some will call it a prioritizing grid. Yeah. Where each of our items will face off against each other. Mano e mano. Head to head. One on one. Yep, and I, uh, the item that has the most victories is going to be our winner. Now that winner, of course, is according to us. No one's accused of us of being smart fellers. So fellers, fellers. No, no, sometimes no. my memory goes. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So if you don't like what we did, first of all, get your own no podcast. Job. But secondly, you can let us know uh, via social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, at that's a good point one. Point. No T at the end of point. Uh, play along. Let us know what you think. By the way, this is Dion here with John and Irv and John and John. Thanks for joining us, John Sneller here. Uh, today we'll be ranking sports rules that we think suck. Sports rules we hate. All right. Um, some things it's maybe not the rule itself; it's how it's enforced more along the lines. Uh, and as an example, one that didn't make the list. Pass interference. Um, a lot of people don't like that. It just doesn't get enforced consistently. Consistently is a good way to put and, that, I think. And from one game to another, and obviously you may remember, the was it the Rams-Saints game a few years ago when there was that obvious Rams pass interference, nothing called, and the Rams end up in the Super Bowl right. because of it. Well, and then um, that, and then that next year, didn't they? They made it reviewable. They made it reviewable, and then that then was they, a disaster. And then they thought it was stupid, and then they made it unreviewable. Yeah, and so. that the thing was like it has to be so obvious that even when it was obvious, they weren't overturning it. So it, it didn't matter that they made it reviewable. But that didn't make our list. Um, another another thing I don't like with the pass interference, especially in the pros, is it's a spot foul. I think oh, that's yeah. a game changer. It and is. I don't, I, it I, is. I don't think that's. You'd rather it just be a yardage. Be a fifteen yard. Like be a fifteen yard penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one I don't like when you fumble into the end zone, it's a touchback. You give the ball to the other team. And so, to me, it's if you fumble out of bounds, if it were to roll out at the half-inch line, that's still your ball from where you fumbled it. But if it rolls a half-inch into the end zone and out of bounds, now the other team gets the ball at the 20-yard line. I feel, like they, I feel like if you don't recover it, it shouldn't be your ball. Or at the very least, John, you'd mention this, what if the other team gets the ball, but instead of the 20-yard line, like, you put it on the two. Put it on the two. Like, you know, the, you go you know, for the, two, the two-point conversion Put it on the two-point, the three in the... The three-yard line, yeah. In the pros, whatever it is, yeah. Yeah. That would make more sense. Um, in basketball, the jump ball possession arrow, some of us remember when it was a jump ball, they actually threw the ball up and had a jump ball. And I think NBA they still rules. do that. NBA still does that, NBA correct? still does that, yep. Could you imagine how long a high school girls basketball game would take if they jumped every time there was a jump ball? Would it take longer? I feel like it. Do you think I, I think it takes longer to get I, everyone it, set up? It, it seems, and girls' yeah. basketball always seems like there's more jump balls than any other. That's true. Yeah, well, I would sport. say I would. And even then you do have to set it up rather than just pointing one way and taking it out of bounds. That's true. I would have. I would go the same. The same thing with junior high basketball in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because if yeah, junior high basketball, there's so many tie-ups. Definitely, a, yeah. The lower level or yeah, the less maybe less skilled. There's a lot of more tie-ups, and then you'd have to get them all set you up. Could justify college being back to that. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, another basketball rule I don't care for when you intentionally foul the bad shooter. You see this a lot in the NBA. They just go up once they're in the bonus and they start hacking the 
guy that can't make a free throw, and then he has to go shoot just so they can get the ball back. And I feel like there should be some penalty off the ball if you know, it's an obvious attempt to. Just... I thought the hack a shack rule wasn't a thing in the, anymore in the NBA. Maybe I'm wrong. No, they still do it. Okay. They still go follow the bad free throw shooter. Um, I, I don't like it that men's college basketball, I think, is the only thing that does this. They play two halves instead of four quarters. Everybody sure. else plays four quarters. Why not just play I four quarters? I, I, mean, I, I, I would agree with you. I, I don't, I, I, I'm so used to it now, it doesn't bother me. But Yeah. I don't know I, when that started. I mean, it's as, as long as I as long as I can remember college yeah. basketball. Yeah. Um, in baseball, it, we talked about this real briefly, but have you ever tried to explain baseball to someone who's not from the United States and they just look at you weird like, what? why is this a rule? What does that even mean? But one that I think is weird, if you strike out and it's a pass ball, you get run to first if you want. Like, why is that a thing? If it goes by the, yeah, if it goes by the... Yeah, if it's, if a dr- a drop, or even in the dirt. A drop yeah. third strike, you can take yep. off run, and then that changes the game sometimes. Um, all of our rules, by the way, are going to be either football, basketball, or baseball. But offsides in hockey and for in, in soccer, for that matter, I'm, it, I don't understand why it's a big deal. But I understand how the hockey one works, at least. I yeah. have no clue how the soccer one works. The soccer one, if you're, if you're past the farthest defender... And then they kick you the ball. You're offside, and it's, and I, to me, if you want to take the risk and put that person down there, I mean, you're playing down a man. I don't know why, why that's yeah. a thing. Ted Lasso still doesn't understand it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and then, so many stupid golf rules. Too many to mention. So we didn't Oof. we didn't put any on here. But John, did you had a few that you looked up and just, I got I got a few that are kind of yeah stupid. Pro golf. You have to sign your scorecard to make it official, even though every shot is tracked, computer technology, it, every, every tournament's televised. Mm-hmm. So why do you have to sign your scorecard? And if you don't, you get penalized for it? Dumb. Stupid. The one that I hate that eh, a lot of us novice golfers don't even pay attention to is if your ball lands in a divot in the fairway or in the rough, you can't can't take it out of the dip. You just have to play it as it lies. That's a bad break. It happens all the time in golf tournaments where, you know, a lot of those pros hit it to the same spots in the fairway. So by Sunday, there's a better chance they're going to hit it into a divot. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. And then your lie is terrible and you might shank one. Um, That's probably, to me, the biggest one. There's another one where if you're putting and it's a windy day, and you ground the club, you put the gr- the club next to the ball and it's on the ground, if the wind blows the ball at that point, it's a penalty. Yeah. And it moves it. And these are obviously all like professional golf. Yeah, like those are ones. Golfing with your buddies, most of us aren't going to call each other on that. I call my dad and ground his club in the sand trap every time. And he, <laughs> he curses at me every time. But, I well, don't ground my you're club also in a jerk, sand trap. So. I try to <laughs> have that legit. My dad would concur, so... What's that? I play that one legit. I try not to ground my club in a sand trap. Yeah, okay. But sometimes you can't tell what a sand trap is. That's Dustin true. Johnson ran into that at Whistling Straits <coughs> in a, I don't remember if it was a PGA championship or a U.S. Open. Hmm. And he got penalized on the last round and lost the tournament. All right, so now you're out with some friends, and you always got the guy that he whiffs on it, and everybody just yells, practice swing, and you let him go. But you know, you're always with that one jerk. like, well, actually... You need to count that as a stroke. And if, if you're that guy, you're, well, first of all, you're probably not listening to our podcast. But second of all, if you are, no one likes you. 
and you're probably adopted. So probably not a lot of people that are golfing with that person. So. Right. <laughs> Spends a lot of time out there on his own. Yeah. All right, so let's get down to uh, the ranking here. So our list of sports rules we hate in no particular order. And once again, this could be the rule itself or how it's enforced. But number one is roughing the passer. Number two, traveling in basketball. Number three, this is a weird one. A baseball manager is, has to wear the uniform. Number four, NFL overtime. Number five, some of the recent changes to Major League Baseball extra innings. Number six, targeting in football. And number seven, fouling out in basketball. So probably just talk about these as we go, or do you want anybody have anything they want to? I think talking as we go probably will make the most sense to us. All right, I'm going to sit this one out, and I'm going to be a scorekeeper. And so, uh, John Sneller, you're going to vote, and you're going to lead this one off. Our first one is going to be roughing the passer. In football, taking on traveling and basketball. And I think both of these, we would all agree, are rules you should have in place. It's just the enforcement. So traveling, we're looking... And that's primarily, we're talking NBA. NBA. And and the NBA even had to come out a couple years ago and clarify what they call the gather step. And they had to put out a statement. But NBA players are so quick, they're so tall and long, that with a gather step, and a lot of times they give them that extra step to begin with, you can get the ball at about half court and not have to dribble and get to the basket. And it just, if, if you've ever watched a basketball game before and you're watching it, it, it's it's traveling. I mean, I don't know how it isn't traveling. You watched it and they grab the ball and then gather with that step. Then they take their next two steps. And then as long as they jump off that third step, I mean, you've seen people take four steps and go most of half court without traveling. And then roughing the passer, I mean, Especially if you're Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, if someone whispers in your ear at a pregame, then that's a roughing the passer call. The flag goes up. So I'm not a big fan of the way that one's enforced. So those are the two that we are voting on first. Anybody got anything else to say about those two? I would say just a small point on roughing the passer. It hasn't always been a bad rule because no, there were there was a day where you could hit the quarterback. Right. And there was a day where you could hit the quarterback and it probably wasn't it wasn't good for the person. Like I think back to 1985 and when Wilbur Marshall about took Joe Ferguson's head off the quarterback yeah. for the Lions. You probably don't want that type of hit in the game. Or well, when Charles 86. Martin body slammed Jim, Jim McMahon, McMahon in and he did get penalized for that. Yeah. Um so I think it should be a penalty, but I think there's maybe a little too much protection. Yeah, on the I think it's now. they're a little overly. They've gone overboard, is is what we're trying to say here, right? I would agree. Okay, so John Sneller, you're going to vote first. Roughing the passer or traveling? You're voting for which one you think is the stupidest, and th- these are both more about the enforcement than they are about the rule themselves. So. Well. I'll start with, I don't watch a ton of NBA basketball. Okay. But I will say, over the years, it's gotten, it's gotten pretty bad with what they allow go and when they allow it to go. Yeah. Um, so with, with that said, um, roughing the passer. It is part of the reason you don't watch much NBA basketball because of things like that? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I And I just, over the years, I, I when I was younger... I uh, I probably watch a lot more NBA than I do now. I watch it once it gets to the playoffs. 
um, yeah. a little bit. They start playing a little more defense. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's part of it. it, it just, I, I think during the regular season, you, you, I don't know if half-hearted is the way is the right word, but it, it just not as it's not as intense as it, it could be. Right, and you they they're resting players in any given night. Yes, and you, you're playing other guys more. To... Yeah, COVID just rests players. Yeah. So, <laughs> I. I I just wish they were more consistent on how they enforced tra- yeah. or traveling. And I think that's why it's on our list is because it's, yeah. I will um, say with roughing the passer, my, my, my biggest problem with roughing the passer, again, it's the enforcement of it. But we talked about it at the beginning. You have Tom Brady, you have Aaron Rodgers. You have, uh, I mean, there's a handful of other quarterbacks in the league that get, get roughing the passer calls no matter what. Or more so than others. And, and, you know, like when Tom Brady got tore his ACL. The next year, there's a new rule. You can't you, you yep. can't go low on the quarterback. Yep. Yep. And then, I, and, and the reason I remember Aaron Rodgers is I'm a Vikings fan. Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone, and, and somehow you can't land with your weight on the quarterback. I don't know how that's possible. Sometimes when you're tackling a quarterback, you're going full speed. Right. So like, there's just such a small window anymore, and I, you don't want your quarterback to get hurt. You don't want your quarterback to get getting lit up. But it, 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 it's football, and because they are the face of most teams and right. they probably get paid more than anybody on most teams most teams so i for me it, it it's it's pass interference or no it, it's i'm sorry roughing the passer okay and it's because it of how the penalties evolved into where you only have a small fraction of the body you can touch on a quarterback right and I think that's a big part of why I, I would go with pass or I'm sorry there I go passer yeah. roughing, roughing the, the passer, passer. There roughing go. the passer John um, so I'm going to point out that I'm going to try to make a good point we'll see if it's at least an average point mm-hmm. I feel like traveling happens all the time in an NBA game mm-hmm. or at least something that looks like traveling but right. I also think it probably doesn't have maybe as big of an impact like the penalty for it isn't as big of an impact as roughing the passer is like 15 yards tends to make a big difference at any point in a football game I mean that's you know one-sixth of the field is what you're getting penalized traveling the other team gets the ball yes it could make a big difference in a key situation um well the other team doesn't get the ball because it's not getting called right yeah but I think the the roughing the passer one has a bigger impact on the overall play of the game. I don't know if that's the greatest point. Some of you may be able to argue otherwise. I think that's a great. Um, I mean, I think that's a great point because I think a lot of times when you when that penalty happens, it's at a key juncture of the game, and you've just made us you've made us a, uh, a sack to go to fourth down and long and force a punt and. Oh, next thing you know, it's roughing the passer. It, it just seems like there's a lot more of those that are happening just because you tap the quarterback on the helmet right. as you're finishing the play, and yeah. I don't, I don't like that, so I'm going roughing the passer. Would you say that maybe traveling as poorly as it looks in, in the NBA, it, it is fairly uniformly enforced, or I guess unenforced is what we would say, whereas roughing the passer, you, know, you tap him on the helmet one time and then another. I mean, you've seen. Guys get hit in the head, helmet to helmet, and they don't call it one time. And so, to me, it seems like at least with the traveling, you know they're going to get to take that extra step. And yeah, I want to hear what 
Irv has to say about that because you and Irv, Dion, probably watch more NBA yeah. than John and I. What do you think about that pointer? So originally I was going to go with, I thought maybe traveling was only going to benefit, I, I don't know, like, obviously your superstars are going to get away with things in the NBA, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, but like, to Dion's point, like, I just feel like uniformly traveling, I think three steps is pretty pretty much accepted in the in the, in NBA. the NBA. I think everyone gets away with three steps. And what I, where I was going to go next with it is, you know, roughing the passer only seems to really, you know, hurt, obviously, the um, the defensive side. And even, like, Brady has come out and said, like, we've taken away a lot of things from defensive players, and he's probably a part of that. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. But wh- I, I'll say this. I do think it's different with the Tom Brady, with an Aaron Rodgers, with, you know, when Peyton Manning played, when whatever. And, like, but, like, look at uh, Fields or look at some of the other, like, more mobile quarterbacks. Like, I feel like... Whenever they get hit, it's not near as big a deal. So I, I don't know. Like it, I think roughing the passer is where I'm going to vote. Um, I think you guys made really good points about that, and I think it. What makes it the tough part is I think it affects both the defensive side and then also the superstar of superstars are the ones getting away with the things mm-hmm. more than yes. anything else. It just seems more like <clears throat> unfair than yeah. Than the traveling, I think okay. traveling is just happens, and it's like, yep, that's the NBA for you. And whereas roughing the passer, that's a good point, John. I think you made a good point too. Like the the penalty for roughing the passer is a lot bigger than hey, we're giving the other team the ball, or the other team's not going to get the ball now for it. All right, John, you're leading us off. This okay. is roughing the passer and going against the baseball manager wearing a uniform, which is a rule, um, <laughs> and it's just weird. What if, what if the wrestling coach had to wear a singlet? Or the volleyball. <laughs> if I'm the volleyball Top coach. Top brands would be all in. If I'm the volleyball coach and I've got to wear the, the what do they call those? The spandex. The spanks. spandex, the spanks. So that would just be weird. So Super weird. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah, want to see that. That would be very weird. Um, <coughs> you say you'd like to see that? I don't want to see that. Oh, I thought you said you'd like to see that. <laughs> I'm so glad, well, glad we cleared that up. <laughs> I pointed out when we were talking in pre-production that um, it's a high school rule that baseball coaches have to wear the baseball pants on the field. Mm-hmm. You can wear whatever you want on top, which major leagues they can too. They can wear, you know, Joe Madden with the hoodie and you know the the windbreakers and things like the that. The short sleeve jacket that baseball yeah, managers those are just wear. dumb. Um, <laughs> I love those. So if Coach Hopkins is listening, sorry, yeah. um, <laughs> but. Um, I think it's stupid that baseball managers have to wear the pants, but at the same time, it kind of ties into the history of the game a little bit because baseball prides itself on being this historical game. However, Early Connie managers Mack wore, wore a suit. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know where the rule came from. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah, back in like the 30s and yep. 20s, the managers manager wore suits. Suit. Yeah. So at some point, they decided, eh, you got to wear the, the uniform. Um, but I'm going to go, it's roughing the passer all the way on this one for all me. Right. Yeah, yeah, the manager having to wear that, me, I, I'm not even remotely bothered by this. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't make the game less appealing to watch or what. Like, I don't it, I don't care about that. For me, it's roughing the passer. It's like, because you watch it and you throw your hands up and you're ticked off about it. And yeah. I just think, What's he supposed to do? Yep. The manager wearing a uniform does not affect the game. No. But I don't think it is a stupid. Rule. And it's weird. It's a weird rule. Like, why is this even a thing? But like, when you're asking which one's the dumber rule, you go rough in the past. I think it's yeah. yeah. Snells. I'm with Irv on this one. I, I mean, 
to me, I, I think wearing the uniform would be more comfortable, especially in a hot July day. When it's, I'm supposed to wear a suit. <laughs> yeah, but why can't you wear shorts? Yeah, like, can't you wear a tank top and shorts, you know? Well, and, and, that and, would actually be kind of funny. Something <laughs> like a Hawaiian shirt yeah. or something. Like, exactly, yeah. <laughs> in today's game, I'm fairly certain those unis are they're more breathable than they used to be. The That's old true. That's ones. true. That's true. Um, but I'm going to go rough. Here <coughs> I go. Well, yeah, no, rough, 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 you got to write that. You got to write Irv, you're going to go first on this one. It's going to be roughing the passer and NFL overtime, which I feel like they made an improvement when they went away from sudden they did. first score to now you have to score a touchdown. But still, they, not enough of one. Not enough of one because no. you can still not get the ball and lose the game. It's so. still, it's still to some degree, sudden death. Yeah. Yeah, I um, – gosh, this is actually kind of a tougher one for me just because yeah. – I do think the NFL overtime rule is really dumb. I do, I do appreciate college's version better. Yes. Um, I do think they've got it right, and it's one of those times where the NFL should subscribe to what the college people are doing. Whereas with other things we've talked about, like the, the, I don't know if I agree with that. Really, you don't think NFL should subscribe to what the? I don't like. I don't like the current. I don't like the new, yeah, the new rule they made. Oh, with the two-point two conversion. Okay, right. all right, fair enough, fair enough. Fair I don't enough. think any any game should be decided uh, in any sport on a gimmick play. Fair enough. Degree. All right, fair enough. So let's back up before this year, right? Because the okay. two-point conversion thing didn't exist before this right. year. They started that For, this year. Okay, so I'll give you that. Let's go back to the way it was with college. I liked that better. Back to my point, though. Again, when I... When I think of the shock and awe factor, okay, you know going into overtime, like, well, this is the rule. This applies to everyone. We know going into it, it's going to come down to a coin flip, whether we get the ball first or not, whatever the case may be. Roughing the passer, we've taken away so much from the defense with pass interference, with roughing the passer, with all these other things. The defender can barely breathe on some of these people without getting a penalty. I think roughing the passer, yes, needs to be in place, but the way it's enforced is a dumber rule. The NFL overtime. Right. Okay. That's a good point. I I agree with Irv, but I, I mean, I'm gonna. And we kind of said this earlier. I don't know how they they really made it. Well, they did. They made it better, but you can still lose in sudden death. I mean, if, if you go down and score a touchdown, right, right. yeah, that, that's still a sudden death loss, yeah. and, and like that still decided <coughs> decided by a coin flip. I don't think that should happen. But going to what Irv said, I, I think. Uh, Do you think their impetus for this is to limit how much players are playing? Probably, could be. But in the NFL, you like you could still play ten minutes of right. overtime. So why not just play that ten minutes? Play, play that ten play. minutes under regular rules. But yeah, just play it. I can get or, on board with that. Or change, or, or or go to fifteen. Go back to fifteen minutes or twelve minutes yeah. if you want to give that other team a chance. So they're not using a whole, because you can go on a ten minute drive. Right, but I think that's also impressive if you can do that. Yes, it is. No I would agree. I would agree, but I'm going to go with uh, roughing the passer. All right. I would point out I, I'm going to vote for the NFL overtime rule because yeah. I think the NFL overtime rule roughing the passer directly impacts the game. Don't get me wrong, but the NFL overtime rule directly affects who wins the game specifically, mm-hmm. or has to have a tie, which that should ties should not exist. The only place you can have ties is communist football. That's right. Soccer. <laughs> um, <laughs> there should not be ties in the NFL. 
Yeah. Um, I feel like they should do a 10, 10 or 15 minute, whatever it is, run it under regular rules. And if there's still a tie, then you just, I don't know, I, I, play it out from there. I, field goals. I know what you do. No, soccer. that's exactly what no. you don't like. No, you have the five starting linemen each kick a field goal from 15 <laughs> yards, one at a time. One team, then the other team. One team, then the other team. And you have that if you're still because, tied. There should not be a tie in the NFL. <laughs> because if you're going to go to field goals, because that, that, then that's no different than hockey. No, it, after they go to, but it's not the kicker kicking yeah. it. It's, I'm t- telling you, the five starting linemen on each team, offensive linemen, are the ones that kick the field goals. So, all right. I'm going to say is, the, I'm saying it's NFL overtime because it has a very specific impact on who wins and loses the game, and there's not really any way around that. That's how it's going to be. I agree with that. I feel like both teams should have a chance to have the ball no matter what. And if there's still a tie, I think it should be 15 minutes that you play it out. Just a whole other period. A whole quarter. Yeah. whole quarter. That's fine. And if there's still a tie, then maybe you go to a sudden death situation. But I think someone has to Or go to the old college rule. Yeah, something like that. I I still think you should go. Would you have voted overtime here? I would have voted overtime. This is the first one that would have turned out different had I been voting, yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, So you're up first on this one. This is going to be roughing the passer against the new MLB extra inning rule. And what we're talking about here is they go right to putting a runner on second base, like playing ghost runner or whatever, um, which I don't mind that part of right. it. I kind of like that it speeds up the game, but I also, you go back to baseball tradition, I'd like to see him maybe play a couple extra innings just normal before they put the runner out there. That would be my opinion, but roughing the passer or MLB extra innings where you put the ghost runner on second. Well, here, here's here's my problem with that, and I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't have a problem with it, but wait till the 13, 12, 13, 14 yeah. inning to do it. My problem is their their thing is we want to speed the game up. There's so many other things you can do to speed the game up. That's that's so far down the yeah. line. The minor leagues have the pitch clock, and so the guys are all used to it. Then they get to the majors, and it's not there anymore. And they're I do so think the speeding up the game is only a small piece of why they do that. Yeah. Well, and, and, and another part of it is to save pitchers and, and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. at the same time. How many times does it get to a game? Like I, I, I don't know numbers. I'd like to see a number chart of how many games get to that twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth inning and beyond in a, in a season. No. Is, You're saying prior to this yeah, overtime rule? Prior to this oh, extra innings rule? Or sorry, extra innings. You know what I meant? So I, I, I don't think it affects as it. it, it I'm, I'm just purely going off my speculation. I don't. I would say that it doesn't affect as many games as. We think, yeah. I, I, I think it affects more games though than the NFL overtime rule does. Probably, yeah. I would, I would, I would agree with that. So, what's your vote here? Uh, Rough and passer, John. Since I don't hate the Major League Baseball rule, yeah, I think I agree with you. Yeah, I think you play a tenth, you play an eleventh, and then in the twelfth inning you go to this. Or what if you you play a tenth and then instead of second base in the eleventh you put a runner on first base. And if you play a 12th, hmm. then second. If you intriguing. play the 13th, then go to third. And then if you play the 14th, put two runners on. I just, you I know, progressively. Yeah, it's, progressively. it's like time and situation types yeah. deals. Yeah. And you try <laughs> to figure out how to win. But play at least one or two innings of just regular baseball before you do that. Yeah, I, I think that I'm going to go with roughing the passer is the one I 
dislike the most just because I don't totally hate the baseball rule. Sure. I just hate I just think it needs to be tweaked a little bit. Yes. Yep. You're rough in the passer the sweep. Got it. All right, John, you're up first on this one. This is going to be roughing the passer against targeting. So this is more oh, of a, boy. an NFL rule versus a college rule. Once again, this is enforcement. I, I feel like Buckle up. targeting should be a rule. You shouldn't be able to put your helmet down. But ejecting the player, and how often do we see it where the offensive player is the one that initiates it by lowering their head, yep. and then they bring it down to the level, and then now you're out, the player's out of the game for something that they were just making a play on. So Yes. And I think that's the big difference is the penalty of ejection. Mm-hmm. Now, roughing the passer is penalized similarly in the NFL and in college, I feel like. I don't yeah. feel like there's a lot of difference where no, targeting, is primarily a, yards, yep. targeting is primarily a college rule. Yes. Um, because in the NFL, they just give you a personal foul, 15 yards, yep. moving on, which is probably how it should be. Um, you could even make it an unsportsmanlike, well, because if you get two unsportsmanlike, you're ejected. So it's, you do have one towards an ejection. Sure. Give them an unsportsmanlike. Uh, you can get ejected in the NFL. Kendricks, for the Vikings, got ejected for yeah. helmet-to-helmet on fields. In that la- in that Monday night game a week ago, yeah. So it, it can happen. Right? Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't happen. It's not an automatic injection no. on a targeting type call. So I think because of the unfair, in my opinion, enforcement of that rule, I'm going to go with the college targeting rule as being the worst of yeah. the two. Knowing that both rules are geared towards safety, safety. which is important. <coughs> Earth? Deep breathers. It's easily the targeting one for me. Okay. Because John Seller was there with me in Texas. <laughs> I Sheem Young. Yeah, I remember. Big 12 championship, Iowa State versus Oklahoma. Like the first damn play of the game or something, you know, it's... And he it was gets, early in the game. Wasn't it targeting? It was targeting. It was targeting. And fine. It was targeting by the way the law is written. That's fine. Okay? You want to punish him? Punish him. Okay? 25 you know, yards, whatever, that's fine. But you can't tell... Mm, this is very personal for me. Yeah. can't tell me that game wouldn't have gone differently if Aishim Young wouldn't have been in it the rest of the game. And I, that's why it's easily... It, I'm very emotionally biased towards targeting yep. on this one. So it's going to be targeting. I'm going to go targeting as well, but I, I, I just think... That'll be the sweep. I, I think targeting, um, the way it's enforced, obviously I, I, I disagree with the, the ejection. It, it shouldn't happen. Yeah. Or like you said, you have, have that's your first personal foul towards ejection, your second. Right, right. But so many times, it, it's not intentional. Like we said earlier, it, it's the offensive player lowers his head. Like I, I taught and coached with a guy in my last school that always yacked about the differences between high school, college, and professional football is the speed of the players. So you stand on a sideline, you don't have the reaction time moving away from the sideline in a high school game right. is so much different than a college game and then a pro game. And you're telling me these players are supposed to change their direction on a dime when right. they're going full speed, and you're going to eject them for you know making doing what they're taught to do, right? 
Very valid point. All right, last round here for roughing the passer. Irv, you lead us off. This is going to be roughing the passer versus fouling out in basketball. <clears throat> and so you think about in, in high school and college, five fouls, you're done. In the NBA, six fouls, you're done. And you remove a player from the game. And how often is, is any other sport, if someone is penalized a certain amount, I guess we just talked about this, if you get too unsportsmanlike, yeah, you, get, you get pulled out. But if Hockey, if you get like a major, major misconduct, right. you can be kicked out of the but game. But if you're a, an offensive tackle, and you get called, l- if you get called for holding seven times, like you're not out of the game. I mean, right. the coach is probably going to pull you out. But, I mean, you're not disqualified from the game because you had that. And so... And, I'm all for if if you go beyond a certain number of fouls, maybe it's two shots and the ball instead of just two shots or whatever. But I think back to a couple years ago when the Raptors won the title. Was that 2019? 19. In the Eastern Conference Finals, the Bucks were up two games to nothing. Double overtime, Giannis Antetokounmpo fouled out of that right. game. And that changed the whole game. And then the Toronto went on to win that series. If he doesn't foul out, the Bucks maybe win that game. Maybe go on and win a title, you know, three years ago instead of instead of this past season. But um, Irv, you're leading us off, roughing the passer versus fouling out. So, for me, I got one that's clear and far and away the number one like dumbest rule for me. I've got a group of like three that are in the middle and then mm-hmm. kind of a bottom three. And I would say both roughing the passer and fouling out are fit into that middle three for me. Yeah. Um, which. Dion, you made some really good points there, and I, uh, you know, I hadn't thought about quite and all that way. Again, to me, where I'm going to go with this is. Can I make one more before you? Absolutely, think? please. Because I got another good one that goes along with this, and I don't know which way I'm going to vote yet, but the falling out rule also changes the game up until that point because it makes coaches. Yep less likely to want to leave someone in if they have two, two fouls, fouls in the first half or if they Fran, get... Fran McCaffrey sits you down. The Fran right. McCaffrey, the, the, yeah. Where he may be less likely to do that and let the guy play with the fouls more, but then he would also still have to make that decision late in the game. Do I want to leave him in and risk having two shots, shots in the ball, ball or whatever, yeah, the, whatever extra the extra penalty, extra penalty is? So yeah. I think it changes the whole scope of the game more than it should. I definitely agree. The fouling out thing comes down to almost a coaching and management thing, too, and I think that separates sometimes when you're thinking about that, you're good and you're great coaches, um, and then just how to manage that game. And I totally agree with that. Fouling out, um, again, fouls aren't applied evenly or equally, right? Like, we know our superstars get away with them more. And sometimes your superstars are also smarter and they don't get into as many foul trouble situations. They're also more likely to get fouls called. Yep. On them. Absolutely. Agreed. 100% agree with all that. Um, I think, for me, though, I think, I still think the (coughs) roughing the passer happens with a more elite group than the fouling out thing does. I think fouling out, don't call it uniform because it's not. It doesn't, fouls don't happen equally. Right. But I do think it's closer to being equal and even. Probably more consistent than roughing the than passer. Than roughing the passer. And that's where I'm going to go with it because sure. it comes down to enforcement. It does come down to the human error, the referee. Um, they give the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers of the world much more benefit of the doubt. And then, but because, like, look, you've seen LeBron, you've seen Giannis foul out. And, like, so those two are superstar. You know, right. you've seen these guys foul out when it's like, 
oh my god, they just fouled out. Like, yeah. And you're mad about it, but it's like, okay, for them to get six fouls, that's also saying something too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think for me, I'm going to go with roughing the passer. I probably could have been talking to the other way. Yeah. So, but I got to I got to put a vote in, so I'm going to go with roughing the passer right Sounds now. Sounds right. Um, I guess for me, the following out, I I, I I I think we've all made, or you guys have all made good points on it, great points even. Thank you. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow. Um. But it's always been for me. It's always been there. I mean, I've, I've never known any other. Any other way. And oh, yeah. In sure. roughing the passer's always been there, too. But it's but evolved and changed. It's evolved and changed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and, and, and do your superstars at whatever level. I mean, even at the high school level, the refs know the better players on the court are. Yeah. They probably get a little bit protected. Well, it does. It changes at the end of the game. You've, you've seen refs swallow their whistle because they don't want to be the one to determine the game. So they maybe let a superstar get away with a foul that they shouldn't get away with because they don't want to foul them out. And they know they shouldn't foul them out, and so they let them get away with a little more. Whereas if they knew they could keep playing, maybe they'd call that foul. From a fan's perspective, too, you don't pay money to go to a game to watch your favorite player sit on the bench because they have two fouls in the first half. Right. But I'm going to go with roughing the passer just because of how it has evolved and how it has changed and how it's changed the game. And, like... How it affects, well, affects or how it's enforced on a handful of players, the elite, I guess. Yeah. John? You guys make good points, but they're not enough to sway my opinion. Yeah. Because um, I know, yeah, I, I'm going with the falling out thing. Yeah. Because um, I think it has a bigger impact on the entire game, and I don't like the roughing the passer calls, and I get mad when I see someone get tapped in the helmet and they get a 15 yards for it, but... I think the falling out thing is a huge issue within the sport of basketball because, like, Dion made the point of there's not another sport unless you do something very flagrant that you're going to get removed from the game. Now, if you get a flagrant foul and it's like a flagrant two or whatever they call them now, okay, then you should be kicked out. But not just for regular ticky-tack fouls, so falling out is where my vote goes. Ruffing will still win, but this this is another one that would have gone different had I been voting because I probably would have voted for for fouling out. So, well, it's time for the keeper moving round. Let's and keep her moving. John Sneller, you're gonna go first on this one. This is gonna be traveling in the NBA and baseball managers wearing a uniform. What do you vote for here? I would say traveling. John Peterson. Traveling. Traveling. That'll be the sweep. John, you lead us off. This is going to be traveling taking on the NFL silly overtime. Oh, NFL overtime by a decent chunk. Yep. NFL overtime. NFL overtime. That'll take the victory. Irv, you're going to lead us off. This is going to be traveling. Going to take on the MLB extra innings. Uh, flip of the coin for me on this one. I'm going to go actually the MLB extra innings rule on this one. Okay. I'm going to go MLB extra innings. I don't like how either of them are specifically done, but I think... I can live with the extra innings, so I'm going to go traveling. Yeah, I would have gone traveling there. That one bothers me a lot more than the the extra innings does. Just how it's enforced. Yeah. Snells, you lead us off. This is going to be traveling against targeting. (laughs) Targeting. 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 Yep. Don't even get me started. (laughs) We already got you started. I see (laughs) you. Next up is going to be traveling versus fouling out. You lead us off, John. Fouling out. Dumb. Fouling out, dumb. 
traveling there just to go. be dumb. Terrible take. Irv, this is going to be the baseball uniform that the managers have to wear against NFL overtime. NFL overtime. Easy. NFL overtime. Sweet. NFL Baker overtime. Baker is sweet. All right. Snell's going to lead us off. It's going to be the manager wearing a uniform versus extra innings, so the baseball ones. The battle uh, of baseball. <laughs> extra innings. Extra innings. <sighs> I'll probably go the extra innings on this one because yeah, I don't. I don't find a big problem. Extra innings. Yep. All right. John, you lead us off. This is going to be the manager has to wear the uniform and targeting. 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 Make it a sweep. And Irv, you lead us off. This is going to be the manager wearing the uniform and fouling out. Fouling out. Fouling out. Fouling out. Make it a sweep. All right. Snells, you lead us off. This is going to be NFL overtime and MLB extra innings. Ooh, the two post, post regular yeah. um, post regulation post regulation I, 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 stuff. I would say uh, NFL overtime. Yep. It, it's got to be the NFL overtime rule, just because the MLB extra innings is not going to end in a tie. Right. So that's a good point. It's that's NFL, a NFL overtime for sure. Yep. Great point, John. Well, thank you, John. Lead us off. This is going to be the NFL overtime taking on targeting. Ooh. Yeah. Two heavy hitters for are, me. I think these would be my two heavy hitters. Um, boy, targeting in college. I'm going to have to think just for a minute, but not too long. <laughs> um, I think... One determines a winner. It does. And one, you get kicked out of a game for something you may or may not have been able to control. Right. So I think... One affects the whole team. I hate both of these so much. I guess if you the right player gets out. Yeah, if the right player gets out, that definitely affects the whole team. It does. It does. Um, I think, that I, don't, I don't see this winning, but I'm going to go with the NFL um, overtime rules. Right. I think it's just ridiculous. Wrong. Targeting. Targeting. Okay. I might have gone NFL overtime in that one, but I, I could see targeting. Yeah, right. that, that's a tough one. Irv, you leave this one off. This is going to be NFL overtime against fouling out. Fouling out. NFL overtime. Ooh, tie. Got to break a tie. Is this the first time we've had a tie? Yeah, I think so. today it is. Um, NFL overtime. That'll take the victory there. All right. Snells, you leave us off. This is going to be MLB extra innings versus targeting. Targeting. Targeting on that Targeting. One. Easy sweep there. Um, John, you lead us off. This is going to be MLB extra innings versus fouling out. Fouling out. Fouling out. Fouling out. That'll take a sweep. And the last one, or if you lead us off, this is going to be targeting versus fouling out. Targeting. Targeting. Both remove a player from the game. Yep. Sometimes... For things that they may or may not have done or couldn't control. Right, because fouls are not... Fouls are subjective. Equally, they're not necessarily all legit. Oh, boy. Any any good points from you two over there? Um, what, what Targeting what, what, is instant. Yeah. Okay? One and done. And it, it can be very impactful versus... Fouling out, you got five or six tries to really get there. I mean, like, it, it, 
But yeah. it could be impactful as far as uh, I can be impactful. What I'm game. saying is, so it could be one play versus like yeah. it's going to take you five or six to get there with and with 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 following out. I don't know. You necessarily plan for a guy to get fouled out, but you don't plan for your best player to get to, to get ejected like in the first quarter of the Big Twelve Championship. Game. Okay, you just said something, and I don't know if it's what you meant to say, but it swayed me to targeting because you said in the first quarter, fouling out is not going to happen in the first quarter. Right? Yep, it's going to happen usually in the fourth quarter. Yep. Where targeting could happen at any point. So I don't yeah. know if you meant to do that, that's but great, it worked. That's great. So point. targeting. Well, nice I, 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 I don't yeah, know. Take I, the sweep. I, yeah, I don't know if I meant just to say do yes. You did. I did. Yeah. That's a good point though. That's really good. I, I even considered the just the timeline of it. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. But then, but then, if it also targeting happens in the second half, you you sit out for the first half. Of the <coughs> that also is a big thing too. That I yeah, it could be cumulative a little bit. Where if you foul out. You don't have to sit out of the next game at all. Here, here's a question about targeting. So a lot of times what we don't like about the rule is that half the what, – what percentage would you put it at that when you watch it, you like, there's nothing he could have done about it or the offensive player is the one that caused it. You know what I mean? I mean, what percentage versus versus viciously putting your head down and actually I think targeting. It's a, okay, you take those two – the combination of the category of there's nothing he could have done about it and the offensive player initiates it. You combine those two – to me, and maybe I'm way out of bounds here, I think it's at least two-thirds, not three-fourths of the time. Yeah, I was going to say 75% of the calls. I, I'm thinking that. more 75 80% of the time that it would be that category versus the yeah. other 25% of the time, let's say, is... The guy the, put his head down and actually and targeted it. It is hard to judge intent. I get yeah, that. I, I understand. But I don't at don't the same time... I don't even... I, I, I think... I think 25 is too high. I, I, I'm going to say 10 to 15% of the time. I disagree. 10 to 15% of the time what? It, it, it's the defensive guy's fault. I mean, oh, like, I sometimes you put your you head down. More, more often? I think it's probably closer to 60-40 or 50-50. Oh, really? You yeah. think that many times it's actually the defensive player's fault? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I, I agree do. with that. I do. Huh. Yeah, I disagree with that. But uh, what, what? So my question was, you know, you can't prove the absence of something, but is the reason we don't like the rules because it's actually working. And so most of the time when we see it, it's be, it's something that they couldn't have controlled that they wouldn't have tried to. Does that make sense? Right. Like because it's in the back of their mind, I can't do this. They slow down, they move their head out of the way, and they're doing everything they're supposed to but still get flagged for it. Well, that, and that's the frustrating part. You know what I mean? Part. Whereas like, if, they yeah. knew, if they knew it was just going to be an unsportsmanlike or they weren't going to get ejected, maybe they'd say, screw it, keep well, the head yeah. down and go right this, through the guy. But, so but this, maybe is it the fact that is it because the rule actually works that it sucks? I, I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that. And this, the, I'm, what I'm going to say kind of goes away from the rule. The, the the quarterback slide rule. Oh yeah. So if you remember that it, it was an ACC championship game where the Pittsburgh guy, the, yeah. the Pittsburgh guy fake slid. And, and, and now after the game, they went and said if if if, if you even look like you're going to slide, you're ruled down. But. That's in the back of guys' minds, right? Yeah. So I would agree with that. Yeah. That 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 whole thing, like, but does that mean it's working or not? I I, I think that's hard to tell. Sure. I don't know. It's just an, an idea. I had. No, no I, I don't disagree with that. I think that's a good point. All right. Want to know how they finished here? Yeah, absolutely. Let's find All out. Right. In seventh place, stupid rule that the baseball manager has to wear the uniform. Yeah. Sixth place, uh, the way that traveling is enforced in the NBA. In fifth place, the MLB extra innings rule where they throw the runner on second right away. 
In fourth place, a guy fouls out and is eliminated from the game in basketball. In third place, the NFL overtime rules. Second place, roughing the passer. This is more geared towards the NFL. And our winner in a fairly big landslide was targeting. So what do you think of the way they finished? Yeah, I'm very comfortable with that. Actually, the way I kind of had things you know, written out was yeah. just a couple of them were switched. So yeah, I, I would put roughing the passer lower on the list for yeah. sure. And I didn't vote, but roughing um, the passer would have been down my list a lot farther too. I had to put that at about four-ish, yeah. four or five, probably four. I would have given traveling a little more love. I just think that it doesn't get called like it should. But Well, it definitely doesn't, but I just think the impact it has yeah. is not as much as some of those others. Yeah. Well, right. I, guess I, I do think it is a little more consistent. I mean, it, some guys get away with it more than others, and they take that to their credit, they're just taking advantage of the rule and the way, yep. it's, and the way that they can get away with it. But it is a little more consistently enforced than some of the other ones, so. All right, uh, we don't have time for a start one, sit one, cut one this week. So, uh, John Seller, thanks for joining us. Thanks, I'm John. Sure, Thank sure you, John. John. Thanks for having me. One Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Many, many thrills of your life to be Murder. hanging out with a wonderful group like us. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always a pleasure to hang out with guys yeah. like Irv and John. I mean, it, <laughs> oh, and oh, Dion, too. Right. Oh. Hey, hey, Carl, edit him out of this. All right, thanks for joining us, and until next week, uh, arrivederci. You kidding me? Thank you.